All right. Put on a record episode. I don't even know anymore. Yeah, no, I've just been kind of running through them. So, yeah, I don't even have a good answer for them. Nope. And it's okay. We don't need an answer. We'll celebrate when we hit like episode 50. Yeah. I mean, that's, that sounds good. Then we should do a deep dive into the 50 cent catalog. Oh, for sure. I've dude, I've been wanting to do deep, yeah, yeah. deep dives. I want to do, I want to do a Kanye deep dive just to see where everything went wrong. Yeah. I'm see, pretty, my I'm philosophy pretty sure on it was Con- Jesus. <laughs> my philosophy on Kanye is he releases his music, which is fine, but I think they are chronologically out of order like to show his growth. So like you can, you can put 808 and heartbreaks where it is, but like if you put it later on, like after my dark and twisted fantasy, it makes more sense, like in the context of his discography overall. And so I'll have to update it with the, you know, yay and all that stuff that like that. But like he, he was evolving. It just like was ahead of himself. Like he doesn't have it all put together like a timeline. So I don't know. Have you watched the new book? It'd be interesting movie. when we do that. I have not. I've uh, heard some mixed results. So let, we need to. Let's just start calling him Kenneth West. Nice. That's at the beginning of the movie, so you'll you'll get the reference real real early on. But uh, this yeah, week, I should probably sit down and watch. I'll try to put it on tomorrow. Yeah, it's funny, but it's like super uncomfortable. Which I think that's probably what he goes for I, with those. Like, I don't recommend watching it with other people. No, 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 because you, you look like the weirdo. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, all right, let's get into this week's uh, this week's record. It is Evolution by Joyner Lucas. So this is his second album in six months, which uh, uh, do you think... Sort, sort of, though. You got to put an asterisk by it because he was promoting ADHD for like two years. Yeah, but they were both released this year. Yeah, but I I would say that the bulk, if not all, of ADHD was probably done a year before. While probably. most of this pro- probably was done since March. All right, I'm sorry. This, this is his second album he released this year <laughs> in six months. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's just, just to throw it out there, like the he was promoting ISIS or uh, ADHD for so long that, you know, I think that it was done and just yeah. kind of held up for Whatever I really, did. really liked ADHD. Like that was my pick for album of the year. I did too. I've I've been saying that like this is going to be album of the year unless Kendrick decides to drop in December. Uh, they said uh, Punch said soon, soon. Like when they asked, like okay. they were like how soon, and he was like soon, soon. So I mean, anything is possible at this point. And I I think I I would think that a Kendrick album is going to drop with no promotion. Yeah, well, he's done that before. They did the, what is it, the Untitled or whatever, what, Unmastered or whatever it was called. A lot of people do that now. Where? M, well, it's... M's done it, Drake's for done your, it. Yeah, for your biggest stars, mm-hmm. pretty much, like, where it doesn't matter, like, you know what you're going to get. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, as an artist, you're just like, yo, Kendrick is going to hit this. Beyonce is going to hit this. Eminem is going to hit this. They're not worried about sales because they know they're going to hit their no. marks. Yeah. Whatever. It's like, so the singles don't matter. So for them just to drop, it's actually better promotion than them having a single that somebody might not like. Yeah, because people talk about it. And M did it with their with his last two albums. Mm-hmm. So, But let's get into this one. Uh, track one is the intro, When I Grow Up. 
I don't have any notes on this. It's just an intro. Um, he did the same type of intros and skits with ADHD. Yeah, yeah. I said this is the sort of typical joiner, you know, putting things in perspective. Yeah. You know, just kind of the way he's thinking at the time. A little, a little bit of background into him, but you've got to think at least a little bit of it is embellished. Yeah. But before we get super into this, Sorry. what was your introduction to Joiner? Uh, what was it? The Ross track. Um, I don't even remember the actual name of it. Uh, the storytelling joint where two the same story told from both perspectives. Okay. Uh, old boy getting killed. Gotcha. I just I'd have to look up what it actually was, but it was a long time ago. Um made me a fan you know he, he could rap great storyteller you know the beat was nice and you know that's just kind of like his trademark was penned at that point you know what i mean like i don't think he's really changed a whole lot since then right um was that a, oh yeah, yeah i know that, that was a single you were talking about um yeah from a mixtape or something early on yeah so yeah mine was the uh, i'm not racist video um, I feel like a lot of the kind of the mainstream audience caught on with that video. That yeah, yeah, it was the it came out. It, yeah, it was the biggest one, and that is one of his things. Like, I'm not a racist. All goes back to that first one. You know, what I mean, yeah. the song I was just talking about because it's the same format, and he's done it multiple times where he yep. tells his great his great story, but he tells it from like two perspectives, and you're like, all right, cool. I want to see you do something else. You know what I mean? Like, but that, like, that's like his trademark. Like, he's such a good storyteller. I just don't think he's evolved to telling more elaborate stories. Yeah. So, track one, evolution. Um, I really, I like the flow. Um, the beat was nice, especially on the hook. Um, I feel like Joiner himself maybe could have added a little more to the hook. Um, but all in all, it was a good track. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was above average. I thought the lyrics were solid. The concept was fine. Uh, I think it was pretty average as far as Joiner goes, honestly. But I mean, it was cool. The beat was okay. His flow, like, was a bit too rough to mesh with me. Like, his flow was good. Like, there was no problem with it. But, like, his voice maybe a little gravelly. Like, it didn't mesh together like the way I thought it could. Like, he just used his wrong voice, pretty much. Uh, but I still gave it a four out of five. So I mean, it's a definitely a solid bet. Yeah. Track three on this way. Um, I really like this one. This one was playlist worthy. Um, really like the hook. Um, I like how positive he was in the first verse. Um, mm -hmm. I like the X clip that they used. And I wasn't really expecting much from the game, but the game fucking killed that beat. Yeah, so I said, I said uh, the game was solid. One of his better verses in recent memory. I didn't love it as much as you did. I gave it a four out of five still because I like it. Uh, but from the very beginning, it reminded me of like a budget Drake, like Joiner's flow reminded me of that so far gone Drake and the way he was rapping. Uh, and then I was like, man, this beat kind of sounds like an old Drake sort of a beat. So I was just like, well, that's probably why he's rapping like that. And then I looked it up and boy, Wanda, one of Drake's producers produced the beat. So like to oh, me, I was just like, go. oh, I'm like, okay, it all, it's all coming together for me. Uh, and like the chorus to me even sounded like a budget Sampha uh sort of a thing like drake's done before it just didn't like to me it felt more like a drake track but it didn't detract it from being a very solid track for me because like, joiner's kind of known for that kind of going in and out of other people's flows when he wants pretty much and he still makes it his own yeah 
track four things I've seen. So I got really excited about this before I listened to it, but it wasn't what I thought it was. Um, <laughs> so do you remember the song things I've seen by the spooks? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh man, maybe, maybe they sampled the spooks, but they didn't. And I, I feel like this, they should have at least had a feature or something, but uh, I didn't feel right. like it was really there lyrically, like not to detract from the message that he's trying to convey here. Right. I feel like it's an important message, but his flow was good. I just lyrically it didn't really hit the mark for me. Yeah. I, this is the first one that I gave a five and this is why it's the trademark joiner flow. Like the first thing that actually sounds like joiner, like joiners the best at doing this. Uh, I love the concept of it. And this is the type of track that I was expecting to see on the Nas album, whether you really loved it or not. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I just didn't, but I didn't love the chorus. Like it was just what it was like. It did its job, but I think that he could have done a little better, but yeah, I get what you're saying with the lyric, you know, lyrically, it wasn't like top 10 of all time. Uh, but I thought that right. the way he put it together, it was, it was more of that anthem kind of a feel to it uh, that I think the climate is looking for. Uh, like I said, so I think that he did what Nas was trying to do and he kept it to one song, which I think was a benefit. Yeah. Track five, Zim Zimma. Uh, this one reminded me of Lotto from ADHD. Yeah. Um, just just kind of the flow he had. Like it was classic joiner flow. It was okay. Um, it's just not really my type of track, which is weird to say because I really liked Lotto, but I didn't really like this one. It's not bad, but I just didn't yeah. really like it. Yeah, maybe if I tell you my stuff, maybe you'll come to go to listen to it again and, and kind of get it. Like to me, I thought the beat was dope uh, for what it was, but it reminded me of like a B.O.B. beat. Like something B.O.B. would have used, like kind of kind of just off to the left where it's not like popular, popular, but it kind of fits in. And then like the flows that he did was like Drake and Eminem. Like so the chorus really reminded me of, like a Drake song. So I'm listening to this thing and I'm just like, it's kind of a Haas pause, like ding, 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 ding. And I'm just like, oh, that kind of it's kind of Drake, like the older Drake albums. And I was like, OK, that's kind of cool. And like. Then he came in with the little fast rap, and I'm like, oh shit, that's that double time M stuff. And I'm like, it, it sounded like a cool little collaboration, but it was all him. You know what I mean? So yeah. I gave it a, a slightly above average, but yeah, it wasn't my favorite one on there, but I wouldn't skip it if it came back around. I'll, I'll go back and listen to it again. Uh, track six was Tattletales. It was a skit. Eh, heh, it was funny. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, mean. <laughs> I said, I said, I said skippable. The beat was pretty chill, but the content, uh, the concept is super overdone. Yeah. Uh, track seven, Snitch. Uh, I love this. And it, it poses, like the track was good, but it poses super good discussion and, and, and moral dilemma. You know, it, if, if you're caught in the wrong and you're getting blamed for more than what you've done, do you take the fall for everybody else? It, it's yeah. one of those weird things like you know if me and you were out and and doing you know doing what we're doing and i get i get locked up you know that i'm locked up do you know it shouldn't be my responsibility to snitch on you you know what i mean right like i feel like yeah. that other person should man up and you know yeah. instead of letting somebody be the fall guy but you know i i wasn't brought up in a in a culture where that was a, a common everyday occurrence yeah, to me, this is his Takashi song. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
if somebody was to ask him his opinion, I think that in both sides of this is what he would give you. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it was I thought it was the most joiner track so far. We touched on it in the intro. Same mm-hmm. story from different sides, pretty much, as the joiner flow. Uh, I thought the concept was a bit, you know, like I said in the skit, a little overplayed. Um, but the beat was nice. You know, I thought it was pretty average for Joiner. But yeah, it definitely should get the uh, people talking. So. Yeah. Track eight, straight like that. Um, all right. So here, this is weird for me. So I love the beat and I love the saxophone. It's not mm-hmm. the best lyrically, and I harp on lyrics a lot. Right. But it's probably my favorite track on the album. Yeah. So I gave it a three, like an average, like straight average. And I thought the flow and the beat right off the bat reminded me of a G Easy track. Okay. And then with, and, and I like G Easy. And so that's what it was. Like not the new album, but the album before that G Easy. Because the saxophone and the kind of vibe that it said, I was like, okay. And then the chorus came in. And I was just like, oh, okay, this is just going to be an average track. But then the second verse came in, and he switched it up to the TI fast flow. And I was just like, oh, he's got a little ADHD going on on this beat. So overall, I thought it was cool. Um, like, not a song I'd go out of my way to listen to. Um, but I could definitely see people being attracted to it just based on the vibe of the track, not necessarily with what he's doing on it. Yeah. Track nine, Fall Slowly, featuring Ashanti. Um, so my first note that I have is fucking Ashanti. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying, like, apparently Ashanti's out here doing her thing. Like, I'm looking at her discography right now. Like, she ain't really slowed down at all. But, mm-hmm. like, I feel like most people will remember Ashanti from Ja Rule, Fat Joe, um, but she did have a feature on Lil Wayne, uh, Carter Five. She did have a feature on The Baby's last album. But uh, yeah, I think I think she's one of those those artists that you know, like as another artist, you're like, yo, she's super talented. Like, why isn't she still out there? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like she should be doing better than she is. So like, I could see people reaching out to her, and you know, she's like, sure, I'll do it. You know, especially for these like fringe hit artists that's where kind of lucas is like he's good people kind of know him but he hasn't crossed out of the the stratosphere like logic has that kind of thing like he's on the cusp all the time so yeah shanti's one of those that could easily be something again with the right yeah she hasn't released a a solo album since 2014 which oddly enough like joiner she dropped two albums that year one of them was a christmas album yeah, that's so, kind of uh, like the last, that's the last ditch effort for a singer, I think, is when you do the Christmas album. Yeah, like that, I mean, Mariah's just, Carey's biggest hit's a Christmas song, though. Yeah, but that's, and that's fine, but like, she's had, <laughs> like, she's Mariah Carey, and if it wasn't for Jermaine Dupree, you know, back in her albums after that, you know, she probably wouldn't be where she is now. Um, yeah. But I think that's, that's kind of where Ashanti is. She's going to need that next up-and-coming producer. Like, she's going to need that Timberland to come out and reinvent himself and put her out, you know, kind of a yeah. thing like she like he does with Justin Timberlake, I think, to push her back out there. But yeah, she's underrated, and I like that she was on it. But she yeah, was a great, yeah, I, great feature to round out the vibe. For sure. Um, it had an awesome beat. Joiner was on point. Lyrics were dope. Mm-hmm. Story was real. I felt like this one was super well done. Um, oh, yeah. 
I'll let you give your thoughts on it. And then I do have a side note. Yeah. yeah. No, I thought it was a solid relationship song, song which uh, Lucas does pretty good at putting together. Uh, lyrics were solid. Flow matched the beat well. Loved the beat. Uh, like I didn't really have a knock on it. So, so side note here, that, and it just kind of popped in my head when I was listening to it. Like, so we've reviewed a few albums that have a lot of um, tags in it, you know, mm -hmm. either by the producer or by the artist. <clears throat> so I noticed, you know, this album didn't have any. And I'm wondering, right. is is it the producers they use, or is there maybe a certain caliber of artist where it's not appropriate to use a vocal tag on your beat? So there's like, like as a producer, I, I'm kind of in on that. Like a lot of producers who are up and coming producers want to have that tag on it so that people know how to find them sort of thing. And I'm like, right. okay, that that's cool. And when you get to a certain level, your tag becomes your catch as a producer. So it's like, hey, if I'm getting your beat, if you had a Lil John beat and you didn't have Lil John on your track back in the early 2000s, nobody would have known it was a Lil John track. You know what I mean? So it's like the tags now are kind of in that middle ground. Like if you have an in house producer or a producer that's so well known, that you're going to know it was produced by them, they don't have a tag. So like, right. I think that the producers he using, like for the most part, besides Boy Wonder, were, you know, just people. Like they weren't like buy the beat on the internet type rapper, you know. I think that he's got people sending him stuff and he can kind of say, hey, take that tag off. I want to use it or whatever and can be negotiated. A lot of producers now, they'll negotiate you know, you can take my tag off, but you got to buy, you know, exclusive rights and it's this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think yeah. Day Trip and uh, Ronnie J will get there eventually? See, I don't know. Like, I think that they could potentially get to a level where people need that tag in that. I could see that. From a listener standpoint. Kind of like, like no ID. Yeah. So it's like one of those things, like it's, it's, it's a real delicate thing. Like, so some artists... You're like, yo, you can take that tag out and I'll know who you are instantly. Like they don't have like a signature sound, like they have signature elements. But I think a lot of producers now are doing so much of the same kind of thing where they all kind of blend together. Yeah. So they got to have something to stick them out a little bit. So, but yeah, I did notice that there weren't too many tags in this, which is a welcome yeah. break. Uh, track 10, The Problem. Um it, like it had a good flow for some reason it just didn't stick with me for whatever reason like i can't i can't really pinpoint it i don't know that to maybe like i felt like this was a filler track yeah it yeah this is the sort of track that i vibe with like just regularly just vibes in the back uh i thought the solid his flow was solid without doing too much lyrics were personable or, you know personal but it was relatable like you could kind of relate to it thought the beat was dope and set the vibe uh my only real problem with it was the outro the way that it was put together, like it kind of sounded like something Drake would do, but it didn't translate well the way he did it. Like, you know, the call and response sort of singing weird affected thing. So yeah, it's a, like to me, it's just a, like an album sort of a cut. Like you play it when you play the album and you know, outside of that, you probably won't hear it. Yeah. Track 11 legend featuring Rick Ross. Now I'm a sucker for a Ross feature. 
Right. Um, I felt like this was a great beat to put Ross on. Mm -hmm. Um, The concept for this track isn't new. I will say this was not the greatest Rick Ross verse, though. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. 100% agree. I thought I was a little little disappointed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought the beat was solid. The the lyrics and flow were up to Joyner's typical standards. Uh, I thought there should have been a bigger chorus. Like it was like so empty and spaced out that it sort of killed the energy going from one verse to another. uh, And that Rick Ross didn't bring his A game. Uh, especially since this is the type of beat that he usually just goes and embodies. Like this kind of sounds like one of those, Hey, I'll email you my verse kind of a beat, you know, kind of things where he just kind of did it in the back of the tour bus or hotel or whatever, you know, didn't put a whole lot of effort into it. So it just came across as average overall. Yeah. Track 12 father's day skit. Um, I didn't really feel like it was necessary. Yeah. Skippable. I didn't think it added anything to the project. Yeah, that's my only track name. 13. Yeah, 13. Uh, and the last track is Like a River featuring Elijah James. Um, I thought it was a solid closer closer. It was a good choice for the feature. He had good bars. Um, I felt like it was satis- the concept is sad as fuck. Right. Um, I did. There was one line that stuck out to me that had nothing to do with the concept of the track, though, when he was talking about having to compete with Bow Wow. And I think that just goes to show that, you know, there there are artists that put in work for way longer than we recognize. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because Bow Wow ain't been relevant in a minute. (laughs) Yeah. And that was at the, you know, he was talking about when he was when he was a kid, he was trying to get his dad's attention. Kind of sounded like his dad was an artist or whatever. And he wanted to get his attention. And the only way that he could get his attention is to be better than Bow Wow. You know, because like they would be age appropriate, yeah. you know, competition for each other. So, right. but uh, but I love the I love Joiner's lyrics and flow. I uh, thought it was personal and offered an authentic view into who he was, which he does sometimes, but he usually stays away from getting too deep. And I thought this actually went right to where he needed to go. Uh, I thought the beat was the perfect backdrop. Uh, I didn't love Elijah; like he was my weakest link in this song. Uh, I thought he was all right, but didn't really. Seemed like he had the soul or the vocal range to really put the power into elevating the chorus. Uh, I give it a four overall. Well, like I've listened to some of the stuff and I think he's better than what he put on this track. But like that was my only my only real knock to it uh, was that it could have been a little better in that aspect. I still gave it a four out of five because I really love the track. It vibe with it hard. Uh, it would be something that you know to add to his collection. Yeah. Uh, album as a whole, I would give this uh, a four out of five. Um, ADHD is better. Absolutely. Much better. Um, but I'm not saying this album is bad by any means. This is an above average album. If you take your run of the mill rap album, this is this is good. Right. So I have like a whole little thing. Uh, to me, Joyner Lucas is one of those rappers that is more talented in my opinion, than the music he is. Like, his lyrics are always solid. He can flow his ass off, has a pretty good ear for beats. Like, you usually don't say, yo, that beat was whack or whatever. He can't flow, or his lyrics are bad. You know, you've got one or two where it's like, eh, he could have done better. Um, but my problem is usually the bodies of work that he puts out feels like he doesn't know what his voice is. Like, he's, you know, some tracks he sounds like other artists, and some tracks he sounds like himself. And, like, I come from an era where it used to be frowned upon 
you know, to be sounding like somebody else. And like, I think that he's got the talent. (laughs) I think, I think he's got the talent level where he should be setting those things instead of following the trends. I think he should be setting them. So like, that's my overall opinion of Joyner as a whole, like not just this album, but as a whole. Um, So I think this album isn't his best album uh, in ADHD's even better body of work, which we both agree upon. Uh, but to me, this album fully displayed Joyner for better or for worse. So he does the things I like. He does the I sound like other people, which I don't really enjoy him doing. Uh, so my math worked out to a 3.46. So over average, you know, as a whole project is over average, mm-hmm. uh, which basically just reinforces my general thoughts on Lucas in general. Like his albums are above average pretty much every time you know like i i expect him to be better than that like he's got all the talents to make it into a tier one artist and i just don't think that he's there like he's just you know always at that b you know hovering around that b and i'm just like i don't know what it would take to push him over the edge like and i think that once he figures out whatever it is he'll he'll take off on that logic trajectory he'll get that one song that you know attaches to everybody and then everybody will know who join is. So three point three point four six, so above average by quite a bit. I couldn't quite give it a four by the numbers. Um but yeah, more more of the tracks I liked and didn't like, which is always a plus. Yeah. Cool. All right. Unfair to compare. Yeah. Got a little different one this week. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we're going to be talking about Kid Rock and Post Malone. Now, for those for people who don't know and need to be educated, Kid Rock was a was a hip hop artist. Um, his first album was a hip hop album, to like to the T. It was Grit Sandwiches for it was Breakfast. Ni- it came out in nineteen ninety. Yeah, it, well it before- was. It was very much a forgettable hip hop album. <laughs> for sure um you know kid rock's uh, rise to fame was in 1998 with devil without a cause it had ball with the ball and cowboy which was it was kind of that new metal ish kind of like limp biscuit it was it was yeah. kind of a crossover album um yeah but so when it, it was when it like, all began he was a hip-hop artist yeah so like my thoughts on kid rock were that if he would have stayed strictly a rapper he would have been a nobody like I to agree. me, to me, his rap album is trash. Even by 1990s standards, it was trash. Yeah. And so that when eight years later, when Devil Without a Cause came out, I think it was just a product of the right time. Like because you had Corn and Limp Biscuit and Eminem hitting mainstream. So like when you listen to his album, he mixes you know southern rock, rap, a little bit of metal, you know. And like you start mixing it all up and you're just like, yo, this is the blueprint for a lot of things that people do later on. Like to the point that if I'm being honest, when I listen to only God knows why it sounds like it could be a post Malone song. Like it's in 1998, it's auto tuned, you know, has that kind of a rock vibe, like put some trap drums with it and a couple of synth elements and, you know, post could drop it tomorrow. It wouldn't take too much effort to do it. So I and think that's he's why like, I wanted. Go ahead. That's why I wanted to compare these two. So, I mean, 
prior to rising to fame, Kid Rock was geared towards a hip hop audience. That that that's who he put his album out for. Um, now, I'm gonna just say it: Detroit hip hop fans are probably a, a breed on their own. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's true. He, not, I mean, yeah, Kid Rock put his. There's been some, some real different music to come out of Detroit. Yeah, well, see, that's what I love about Detroit is that they can have all of their own lanes. You know what I mean? Like Kid Rock oh, yeah. thing, Eminem did his thing, Esham and ICP. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm sure there's dozens. King of, Gordy. Yeah, yeah, King Gordy was dope. Like dozens of variants in between those, you know, that we just never mm-hmm. heard of. For sure. Um, so eventually Kid Rock kind of went from hip hop to crossover to Southern rock to like damn near flat out country music. Yeah, well, he was on the country um, stations, and I think he got some awards uh, on the country side of things. Like his first three albums were basically rap albums, like they had yeah, different instrumentations. Yeah, like he was yeah, rapping on them. And, yeah, so then after a while, he just kind of got away from it because he knew the money was better elsewhere. Pretty much, yeah, like, definitely. So. Um, I'm wondering, are we? going to see the same tendencies for post Malone. See, um, my my thing on post is that as much as he's labeled as a rap artist, I wouldn't really classify him that way. Like at any point, at any point no. of his, at any point of his career, I wouldn't call him a rap artist. And like all of his albums are vibes, their quality, you know, and he's shown growth every project. So like to say that he's a rap artist, you know, is really doing him a disservice. Like, call it urban, yeah. call it urban music. He's a rap or, artist. Yeah, like he doesn't really have I would a say genre. His music, right? His music is is presented to hip hop fans. Correct. You know, because the auto tune and the but, bass and everything that's he's put behind it. Right, right, and and like the even the subject matter of like White Iverson. And, mm-hmm and stuff like that. But what, what gets me wondering is if he's going to follow the same path or trajectory as kid rock is, you know, you've got songs like I fall apart. Uh, you've got songs like stay, you've got, um, I wouldn't so much say candy paint, but you've got those songs that are almost there. They're almost crossing over you know, into more of the rock, Southern rock country genre. And Post has even said in interviews that one of his influences was Garth Brooks. And I mean, you take one look at the guy. There was a, he was on one of them sneaker shopping shows wearing camo Crocs. Right. You know, like, (laughs) I just, I wonder if we're going to see that trajectory. And that's why I wanted to compare the two. Yeah, I think that he's going to just keep evolving uh, with the music so at a certain point like all things hip-hop he's going to not be the cool one anymore mm-hmm. right and so at that point he's going to have to adapt so yeah i'm interested in the next album where i i'd probably put some money on it he'll have an acoustic kind of a song you know what i mean like he's oh, yeah. he's hit his pocket so well so far that he's going to have to shake it up a little bit so besides, so besides from just 20, flat out rapping, he's going to have to bring something new. 
2025, do you hear Post Malone on a country station? Yeah, I don't think we're too far off from it now. I mean, he's got a he's got a song with Ozzy, you know, Ozzy yeah. Osbourne, and I'm just like, yo, this is a Post mm-hmm. Malone song where Ozzy's trying to do Post Malone, and Post is trying yeah. to do Ozzy, and it, it, you know, and the song is it's weird. on both of their albums. Yeah, and the song is weird, you know what I mean? Uh, but uh, yeah, so like, I think that all it's gonna take is a country artist. And it would be one of those like Florida, Georgia line, you know, pop country, like not just country, country, like mm-hmm. flat out. It's going to be right. one of those pop, yeah. pop country ones. And it's like, you know what, where we our tour buses are right next to each other at the MTV Awards or whatever, you know what I mean? And, you know, be like, yo, post your boots are super yeah. cool. Where'd you get those? You know what I mean? And be like, hey, yep. <laughs> drinking in the back of the bus and, you know, something comes across. Yeah, I think that yeah. we are we are very close to post being that kind of an artist where he could easily, easily do that without looking like he's the obvious choice or the super oddball. Like they're not grabbing him because he's shouldn't be country, you know, and they're not grabbing him because he is country because they're grabbing him because he's doing good music pretty much. And like, I think he'll sound good pretty much over anything. Yeah. I think the two this week truly are unfair to compare. Um, Absolutely. So I guess to to decide here, I'm going to say I'm not going to say pick one over the other. I'm going to say Desert Island. You're stuck. You get one album from one artist to listen to. What album is it going to be? Oh, it's going to be post for sure. Um, actually, I'm not even sure which album it was. Probably Beer Bongs and Bentleys, if I had to be honest, because uh, okay. it, it was pretty well-rounded. But I have a whole thing uh, about these two because, like, they're they're uh, they're not the same enough. But I had to say, from a straight rapping standpoint, Kid Rock had bars. You know what I mean? Like, dude could rap flat out. Like, but in an '80s format, like he never got past you know the late '80s rap style, and so it translated well over the kind of rock that he was doing. Um, uh, and Post hasn't been a rapper. So, you know, from a rap standpoint, Kid had him. But I think that while Kid Rock has had a longer career, I think Post is going to have a better career altogether. Like when it's said and done, because I think Post is a superior songwriter and he has the a universal appeal that Kid Rock's good old boy vibe won't let him have. So I think that, you know, yeah. hands down, Post Malone is going to be the better artist past, present, and future, pretty much. Like, I don't think Kid... I mean, Kid Rock had his had his little time where, you know, I had a song here, a song there. Um, but yeah, nothing like what Post is doing, you know, on a hip-hop level. Like, he's doing a lot more now for hip-hop than Kid Rock ever did. And I think when it's all said and done and Post moves on from the hip-hop vibes, I think that he's going to have a bigger trajectory than Kid Rock had up to now. So, yeah. I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree with you. <clears throat> I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick beer bongs and Bentley. So I'd pick Stony. Yeah. It's got to, it's probably got to do with where you came into a map. Uh, mm-hmm. Cause you told me to listen to Stony and I heard white Iverson and I was just, I was like, ah, it's not for me pretty much. And then you're like, yo, you yeah. need to listen to Stony because I think he's got one. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, he just released a song Rockstar, and it's going to be huge. And I'm like, all right, well, let me go listen to it. And I listen to Rockstar. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, he's, he's got uh, something new, and it's a nice little package. 
So I went back and listened to Stoney and I was just like, all right, it's cool. But it was like the week before beer bongs and Benjamins came out. And so then I listened yeah. to it and I'm like, oh, okay. Like this to me was a better put together project than Stoney. Like, like from top to bottom, it was a more cohesive project to me. But yeah, I think it's got to do with like when you attach to an artist, which one of those projects are you most connected to? And since you were listening to it yeah. well before I was, I could definitely see you uh, taking that. Yeah. All right. So uh, this week, who is it? Uh, you're gonna you're gonna be quizzing me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got your five questions, and uh, I'm hoping you get it, and I'm hoping you don't get it, like because I think it'd be dope. All right. Uh, okay. First one. He released his debut album in the year 2000. And it charted at number three on the Billboard charts. Oh, shit. Debut in 2000. Right. And it charted at number three. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right. Keep going. My second thing is he won a Grammy and a Billboard Music Award in the same year for a country song. Is it Nelly? It is Nelly. Now keep listening to these. Yes. Like, I should have put them in a different order, but he once released a rap centered album and an R&B centered album at the same time. They went number one and number two. Yeah. They went number one and number two on the billboard charts and the R&B project took the top spot. Okay. And then four was he once described, he was once described as unforgettable hooks based on schoolyard songs, double Dutch chants, and nonsense rhymes. <laughs> and then my, fi- right. my final one, which was the softball pitch, is uh, he recently had his likeness added to his hometown manufactured beer company. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. he's got a on- Nelly, uh, Nelly Budweiser or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's on currently on Dances with the Stars. Yeah, I did see a bit about that today. He was dressed as Freddy Krueger. Interesting. All right. So next time, next time we'll leave out the, the country part. We'd have been, might have still got. It. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I was thinking 2000s, and uh, I don't know. I guess I just wasn't thinking broadly. But when you said uh, he won a Grammy for a country song and it was a rapper in 2000, I'm like, that's only got to be one guy. Right. So, but yeah, yeah so, it, it was uh, interesting going down the rabbit hole, like, because he's got some weird things. I probably should have just thrown in the mm-hmm. time his tour bus got pulled over for you know methamphetamines and guns and marijuana and stuff. Should have put that as number three right, instead right. of the Grammy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> would have thrown you off the scent. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what'd you add to your library this week? I only got one new song, and I'm gonna save it for last. But the other two, I think, are super dope. Uh, the first one I added was Mac Miller "We" uh, off of the Feminine whatever I can't remember what the album's called. Uh, but it came across my playlist again, uh, random generated. Uh, and it's for fans of good vibes, you know, pop love songs kind of thing. Uh, it's from his album where he's exclusively, or Divine Feminine is what it was. Um, but basically, it's a whole album of songs about girls. Uh, and it's super dope if you haven't heard okay. it. You should go back and listen to it. Uh, and then the second one was Tupac Thug's Mansion, uh, original acoustic version for fans of conscious hip hop. And acoustic vibes. Uh, it's just a classic hip hop song with a different twist. Uh, it was released in like mid 2000s on one of the compilations. And then the only new one I added was Little Duval, Don't Worry, Be Happy, featuring T.I. 
for fans of good vibes and remixed classic songs. If you haven't heard it by now, you're probably going to be disappointed in it. Um, but it's just one of those tracks where you're just like, oh, they actually did that pretty much. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I added it to it for that purpose. Uh, it was a it was a welcome break from the random, you know, kind of depressing vibes that a lot of people are putting out right now. Cool. Uh, to keep with depressing vibes, I added uh, the new Kid Leroy single, uh, So Done. Yeah, hey, I, uh, I keep saying like I saw him with Ernie, Ernie, what is it, Ernie Benz or, or something like that, the dude who plays the ukulele, and uh, with all mm-hmm. these like underground rappers, he had a video in his story today with him, uh, and he was kind of snapping off just to, like I'm not real, yeah, not I real mean, up on him yet, but yeah, he did his thing. Yeah, kids, kids, super talented. Like I think that, you know he might be something if he plays his cards yeah. right. Yeah. Um, I also added Stephen Moses, black lipstick. Um, kind of. So I, I, I found this dude through Diveliner. Uh, Diveliner had a feature, so it's kind of in the same breath as Diveliner, Velveteers, Ninety Three Feet of Smoke. Um, kind of your your emo rap artists, right? Um, so it was pretty good. Um, wasn't a huge fan of the entire album itself, but that track did stick out. Um, the other one was a track that I had listened to a long time ago and completely forgot about. It's called Today by Zero Seven. They're a band from uh, London, England. It's kind of a, they do kind of down-tempo, trip-hop, electronica, oh, acid jazz. Nice. Um, so when I worked for Genesco, they used to play this in the store, like the, the pumped-in Muzak mm. or whatever. This song would come in, and I always loved when this song came on. And uh, I I had it on my old iPod and completely forgot about it. And for some reason, it popped in my head the other day. So I added it uh, to my library. So I, I urge you to listen to that song oh, yeah, today yeah. by zero by zero seven. So it's Z E R O and then the number seven. Nice. So that's uh, that's all I got. And uh, next week we're going to be talking about atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs>